Blog Talk Radio. to another episode of A Sound Heart. We want to give God thanks once again for this opportunity to meet with his people. And I'm going to ask this morning that uh, we pray for one another as um, members one of another in the body of Christ. Uh, He is the head and we are his body. And so we have a conjoint relationship with him And we are members one of another. That is, we are brethren. And uh, the scripture tells us uh, that the word brethren, or in the Greek, adolphos, means of the same womb. So there is an intimacy uh, and there is a relationship that we share that is eternal. And it is time that we begin to manifest that relationship in our thinking and in our actions. And the particular action that I'm speaking about this morning is prayer, talking to God on behalf of others. That is intercessory prayer and seeking God's will uh, for other believers in the harassing, uh, the, the, uh, the chronically Uh, harassing environment in which we find ourselves today. We are chronically harassed uh, by by government, uh, federal and local. We are harassed. And it is done to keep believers on edge so that there is no quarter, there is no solace, there is no peace. Um, it is to create uh, and exacerbate uh, within the lives of each individual a psycho-spiritual mental health crisis by uh, artificially uh, raising the gas prices, raising food prices, uh, inflating homes, etc. Anything of value and meaning, uh, these people have found a way and uh, to, to harass uh, our lives. What is fascinating to me is that this is, this is, this is the intrinsic nature of the cosmic system. And the Bible has already told us, that is, God has uh, made us aware of how this age will end, that is, the times of the Gentiles. And I do believe that we are at the uh, end of the times of the Gentiles. 
many things are coming together that are spoken about in Isaiah and Ezekiel uh, and some parts of the book of Daniel with regard to how this age will end, the times of the Gentiles. So, um, and so for believers, uh, the, uh, the harassment that we suffer uh, is known by God. God sees the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, beholding the good and the evil. And God has, uh, has also said, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. And so Western church history shows us what happens to uh, malignant church leaders, malignant uh, uh, so-called secular political leaders, what happens to them when they dare uh, to, uh, to destroy the people of God? But it is the intrinsic arrogance of people uh, that motivates them. And so they ignore consequences. And because for a particular time they have political cloud and political workall, and they have money, and they have relationships, they have wealth, and they, uh, they believe that uh, consequences, uh, the consequences of they will never have to face the, uh, a reckoning with regard to the consequences of their actions and what they have dared to do uh, in sinning with a high hand uh, before God. And he, God holds their breath as he holds our breath. We are accountable to God as his people. Uh, by their fruits you shall know them. And those uh, individuals who have proclaimed that they are that they are atheists, uh, they are they do not realize that they are accountable uh, for this lie that they have chosen to believe. They they choose to believe uh, a lie. And believers, on the other hand, uh, choose to live a lie by not living according to the known will of God. Believers in the cosmic system must live qualitatively different lives because of who we are and whose we are. With that, let us have a word of prayer and begin our study for this morning. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I want to thank you for this time. We ask that your spirit, Father, would guide us in our study this morning. We pray that the word will profit us, will profit our hearts, Lord, as we are open and as we have no unconfessed sins in our lives so that we can be free to hear this, the teaching of the Holy Spirit. We do thank you. In his name, amen. So uh, we are enjoined uh, by the word of God. Uh, I'm going to start from James. I'm going to be reading from James chapter 1. Then we're going to go to 
Matthew, then we're going to go to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So this is James chapter 1. I'm going to begin at verse 19, which reads, quote, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. For the wrath of man, the anger of man. Verse 21, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and, and, and naughtiness, uh, superfluity of naughtiness, uh, which means abundance of wickedness, and receive with meekness, receive with meekness the engrafted, as you read, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, uh, James is not speaking here of eternal salvation in Christ. Uh, he's not talking about, uh, he does not mean that with regard to the, the implanted word. He is talking about our, our everyday lives here in a cosmic system. The implanted word, which is powerful uh, to save your souls within this environment, in this time uh, in which we live. So uh, now remember, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. We are currently being saved from the power of sin. And when Jesus comes to get us, we will be saved from the presence of sin. So penalty, power, and presence, the three tenses of our salvation. Please remember that. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word. Be ye doers of what? The implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Notice uh, the structure of the sentence. Be doers of the word. So we have a state of being verbs, a verb, and the verb be, and then you, uh, plural, uh, and then doers. The, the Greek reads uh, poets. We get our word poet from this word. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, that is, empty auditors. And which the word has no effect. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Notice the powerful correlation between what? Uh, there is hearing and doing. Hearing and doing is a formula in the word of God. We hear... Oh, oh, and then we obey. That is the, the formula we have in the word. Be ye doers of the word. Not doers of the word of man. Be ye doers of the word of God. So, uh, and then James goes on in verse 23 and he states, If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, 
he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass as a mirror. Uh, and uh, for behold, for, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. See, this is, this, this is this, this, the important formula to remember. Uh, in the Gospel of John, there are those who had believed on Jesus. But then uh, when, when there was pressure on that belief, uh, those individuals walked away. And then Jesus turned to his, uh, to his apostles. He said, will you also go away? Pressure reveals the, the nature of faith. Pressure and how uh, the pressure is addressed reveals the nature of our faith and our walk with God. And the, uh, within the pressure, there, there's the test. Will we look to God? Will we depend on God? Will we, by faith, uh, walk according to the word of God? Or will we depart like Demas, uh, who had forsaken Paul, having loved this present age? And uh, there, there are people who are like that. In the parable of the sower of the seed, Jesus talks about those who leave uh, because of the, the things of this world and how it, it distracts, it leads astray. Uh, there are riches, and they, this is their, uh, their demarcation, a, a line beyond which they cannot go, they cannot proceed. proceed. Kierkegaard, Soren Kierkegaard called the, the theologian called this the halt. And uh, many individuals have, have that line beyond which they will not go with Jesus. So, and I, having read that many years ago, I, I've never forgotten the halt. Um, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about uh, Grace, and he talks about weak grace. He, and he talks about real grace. He talks about uh, uh, the grace that is superficial, and then the grace that is profound. And some individuals I know have found that uh, offensive. They do not like to churn cheap grace. They find it offensive, and they they are taken aback by the term costly grace. They don't like that dichotomy. They want to find Aristotle's golden mean. They, they want to find a way uh, to be a fence walker. And neither the Old Testament nor the New Testament nor the Old Testament prophets nor Jesus nor the apostles allow for Aristotle's golden mean. Uh, uh, who is on the Lord's side? Period. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
And Jesus said, and all these things will follow you. Well, there's so many teachings in the world that say, hey, look, uh, and the Bible says, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. The Bible says this, labor not to be rich. Why does the Bible say that? What's wrong with being rich? Listen, if you read very carefully the word of God and, and you, you study the word of God with regards to riches, the Bible says a, a great deal of information about money, wealth, riches. Uh, but then uh, Jesus talks about, Jesus said uh, how difficult it is for a rich man to go to heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to do what? To go to heaven because the rich man looks to himself and his riches. He does not look to God. And if you remember in the narrative of the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man had his reward in this life. And he refused to help Lazarus. But when the rich man died, and know carefully, the riches did not protect him from death. Death came for him in spite of his wealth. And when Lazarus died, Lazarus was taken into comfort into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man looked over, and he wanted Lazarus to come over to give him a water to cool his, his, his tongue. Because he said, I am in anguish in this flame. And he was assured that there was a great gulf and that no one could traverse this great gulf that had been fixed by God. Our lives rest upon divine absolutes. We have divine absolutes. But people today, are subject to military psychops, psychological operations that are designed to to make these individuals ahistorical. They know nothing about history. They know nothing about the past. They know nothing about the social history, the political history, the economic history of Turtle Island. That is what we call America. They know nothing about its peoples. Is heritages, heritages, uh, the different cultures that have come and gone. They have no idea. They have the foggiest awareness of anything. They are all historical on purpose. So uh, there's recently uh, uh, the. Uh, the, the psychiatrist has said that life doesn't have to be, you have to have happiness and meaning in life. Many years ago, I observed where this stuff was going. And I watched in the community how many so-called theologians had gone over to psychotherapy, psychoanalysis, Freudianism, Jungian, uh, archetypal thinking. Uh, they, they had gone to these various schools of psychotherapy, of which at that time there were over 200. 
I'm sure there are many more now, but you could see that the, the values of these systems were based, were all humanistic, man-centered, myopic, limited. Uh, there, were, there, was, there were no absolutes, only the absolutes that they had at one time have been replaced by relativism. Because now uh, Marxist, communist, socialist, totalitarian thinking has taken over the West. Years ago, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote uh, about this stuff in a book called The Cancer War. He wrote the, the, uh, uh, the Oak and the Calf. He wrote a book about uh, about um, that phenomenon, and he cancer ward was about uh, what I'm talking about now. And then there's the book uh, 1984, and there are others that point to what's going on now. Uh, Marshall McLuhan wrote, "The medium is the message." Uh, there's Alvin Toffler wrote Future Shock. You know, all these things that these people wrote about, uh, the World Economic Forum, the Club of Rome, uh, the CDC, Centers of Disease Control, these people uh, have now said, look, there's another pandemic coming. What is interesting is that none of these uh, viruses, et cetera, are, they are not naturally occurring in nature. The viruses that people have now, SARS, AIDS, etc., these uh, were man-made. And uh, there are patents, laboratory patents, from different companies on these so-called viruses, these diseases that have been released upon people. So these are not naturally occurring in nature. And God sees what technocratic uh, socialism, uh, socialism, socialism is doing, coupled with the other technologies that these people have created to, to weaken people's immune systems and to break down their minds and their lives. Believers, uh, there's another way for us. He goes on, and so, uh, verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man should be blessed in his deed. Uh, Jesus said, you uh, are my disciple if you continue in my word. If you continue, not if you hear one time and uh, when you're confronted by a challenge or challenges, when you're confronted by tests, when there's pressure, uh, you walk away. That's not discipleship. Lord, I will follow you wherever you go, but let me first go and do this. Let me first go and do that, and then I will come and follow you. Jesus said, no man having put his hand the plow and looking back, looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Why did he say that? 
looking back because it indicates a divided heart, a divided consciousness. James uses the soul, the word, the, the double soul or the two-souled man. When you look back into the world in the cosmic system and you say, well, I want the cosmic system and God, that is, uh, that is idolatrous. And God does not share his glory. God tell us, tells us that he is a jealous God. God does not share. It is, it is an absolute demand on his part. Hey, he can. He can do this. Because he is God Almighty. So, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The words are very powerful. And these are words that we need to remember uh, in our daily walk as believers in the cosmic system. So now I'm going to go to uh, uh, Matthew. I'm looking at Matthew chapter 9, and this is verse 1. Now, Matthew 9, 1, quote, And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own town or his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, Lying on, this is, remember, this is old, old English. Lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And verse 4 should be chilling to us as believers. And, and remember, they said this, this, these words within themselves. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, does that frighten you? And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? So whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk, but that you may know, Jesus had no problem with confrontation. He is God incarnate. He is the truth. And so he calls them out on their thoughts. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then, says he to the sick of the palsy, arise. Take up thy bed and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given power, such power unto men. Please read John 5:14 and Luke 6:17 through 19. Now notice, now in the Greek, what we have in verse two, the sickle, the palsy. What we have is what we call an adjectival uh, adjectival noun. So 
stick of the palsy, an adjectival noun. So it literally means uh, to be dissolved. That was this man's condition. Now, the uh, the scribes of verse 3 were completely apathetic to this man's condition. Now, if I have time to get to Ephesians, I'm going to go over this word apathy again. Because there Paul talks about the, 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 the sons of apathy, sons of apathia. Uh, but they were completely apathetic to this man's condition. And the Bible says that he was dissolved. And this is a, this is a prominent Old Testament term. You find this term in the book of Leviticus, uh, which deals with uh, 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 Old Testament medicine. He was lying on his bed. And so now they brought to him, and Jesus seeing their faith, no reference made to the faith of the man on the bed. So Jesus seeing their faith. Note, note what, notice how God, uh, God, God's actions. Notice that they were doers of the word. They brought him. They brought to him. You see the action of faith? They brought to him with believing hearts. They brought to him by faith. They brought this, this uh, individual that was dissolved uh, by faith. See, they, they believed God. And so Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto uh, the, the dissolved individual, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. Now, this was a very interesting, uh, these words are very interesting because here you have the removal of the soul paralysis of this individual. And we see from the words of Jesus that there was a correlation between this individual's bodily illness and uh, his spiritual life. Be a son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, you will find, if you read carefully the book of Luke, uh, Jesus did not always say this uh, to individuals who were sick. But in this particular case, he said to this individual, thy sins be forgiven thee. And so, uh, so this is a very, a, a very powerful uh, healing narrative. Um, there are believers today who are sick because of, of sins. I'm not saying all of them, but there are those who are ill, who are sick physically because of their soul's condition. Listen, you and I can go before God. And notice what Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven thee, or thy sins be sent off from thee. Read about what Paul says about uh, our members. Uh, you know, we don't have our members to become uh, instruments 
of of war uh, or or instruments uh, of sin. Our our bodily members can become armaments against our very lives with regard to sin. Now, the New Testament, uh, Jesus teaches this, and also uh, does Paul, also does Peter. And so you and I as believers must live qualitatively different lives in the cosmic system. So, and then we have in verse 3, we have uh, the entrenched pathology or sickness of the scribes. Verse 3, and behold, certain of the scribes said to themselves, this man blasphemous. So we see an individual in verse 2 who was dissolved in body, in his body because of their sin, his sins. We see in verse 3 uh, the entrenched pathology of individuals uh, who were dissolved within their souls. And verse 4 we read, Jesus, Jesus and Jesus knowing their thoughts. So he knew their disease-producing, I'm using the word pathology in that sense, he, used, he knew their diseased-producing thinking. Thinking can be pathological. That is, ease-producing. And so our thoughts are to be occupied with the person of Jesus so that we will not lapse into, fall into, or become bewildered or estranged from ourselves or be captured by what? Diseased thinking, diseased thought. I can be a successful individual in life if my thinking is diseased. Now, listen. The devil knows how to produce this. Think about all this race stuff, this race thinking. Think about uh, how these individuals have engineered racial profiling, uh, engineered people to believe that you should fear this individual because of skin color, hair color, uh, you know, and other things that they have designated as something to fear or to be harmful. And so this disease thinking is engineered. And so I, I look at the pathology and they have people wandering in the wilderness of other hate and self-hate. But what people don't get is that, well, I, I, I just hate that person because of the way that person looks, acts, or thinks. But, but what they have done is engineer self-hatred. And they polluted the hearts of people. Because why? How can they do this? They know the darkness and the, the proclivities of darkness because they themselves are dark, are dark. They have dark hearts. The devil knows how to do this, how to engineer unrest and, and destructive thinking. When we become believers, what did Jesus say? Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. 
And that stuff is burdensome. Well, how to for that group because of this and that group because of that and this? It is fear-based. It is lie-based. And so you can't fight spiritual warfare effectively because what? You are weighed down in pathologies that you don't even recognize. And so, well, I'm directing my hate and my bitterness and and my anger toward what they say and they do. And uh, look, if you read any medical journals, they will tell you, uh, you can find articles on envy, on jealousy, on wrath, on pathological anger, or what anger does to the bones over time. You know what anger does to the bones over time? Makes them weak. Anger, uh, which releases cortisol in the bloodstream, weakens uh, uh, the tissue, weakens bone tissue, makes them soft, and, and moves the bones into what? Into dissolving. Because uh, the, the lactic acid uh, is corrosive, and it begins to destroy the individual from the inside. This is what people can't see. This is what people don't know. This is what people don't understand. And our Savior has come to rescue us from this type of malignant thinking so that we can find rest in him. When I think about the Lord Jesus and what he has done for me, I get rest. I get peace. Jesus said, my peace uh, I leave to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you. So we can have God's own peace in our lives as we go through the devil's world. And if you look around, the world's not offering you peace. The world is, is offering you trouble. The world wants you in trouble. The world wants to assassinate your spirit. And the world wants you to cooperate in the assassination of your spirit. Make it easy for us. Cooperate with us. That is why you have the psychops that of, of of all this poison, of this poisonous thinking. Stop listening to people on these so-called news shows that just gall you and want to injure your soul. They 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 look. This is engineered spiritual ruin. Go to the Word of God and find peace. Get time alone with God and pray. Meditate on the Word. Because, uh, and you, you need to read Ephesians 6. You need to put on the armor of God and never take it off because of where we are. Not only, and Paul writes that we, we wrestle not against blood and flesh, but against, we vibrate not against blood and flesh, but against principalities and powers. And he goes on. This is the demonic warfare that we're facing. It is a warfare against the devil and fallen angels. You have to know this. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. 
and we 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 can be armed uh, with the Word of God. You have to be. Well, we want to block out the sun. Well, why would these evil people want to block out the sun? Well, because they know the body makes vitamin D from solar energy. So they want you weak. I just read, I just found out recently that the Food and Drug Administration, they, they have, they demand with regard to, to meats that certain chemicals are put into the flesh of the meats we eat that are designed to do what? To weaken the immune system. To destroy, uh, to, to weaken the body. The body is so fascinating. The body is so incredibly complex and wonderful. And yet, because of reductionist scientists, uh, reductionistic science, they say, well, uh, we just need to know the key ingredient. We just need to know the active ingredient. And, man, when I'm learning about chemistry and the active ingredient uh, in, in certain chemicals, look, God knew about reductionistic science. And we're not merely anything. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Take back that power and know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't surrender that power. These people that make you, they want to unmake you. And what they do want to do, they want to make you into mankind's uh, AI image and likeness. They want to robotize you. They want to, you to be a cybernetic uh, entity of their creation. They don't want the image of God in man anymore. They, in fact, want the abolition of man. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, as your Savior, now is the time to come before Jesus and receive him as your Savior. What do you do? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, read what Paul writes about the gospel. And uh, the good news is that Jesus died for us, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. If you want God to take away your sins, Please read John chapter 1. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Jesus died not on his behalf, but on our behalf. His death was substitutionary in nature. He who knew no sin died for us, for our sins. Uh, Read uh, Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 54. God slammed down the sins of all upon his son that we may have the right to the tree of life. Jesus is the tree of life. There's nothing here in this world for you, nothing to give up your the uh, your life that you should end what? You should go to Hades then you should go to eternal damnation. Receive Jesus now, today and have a real life this world will lead you astray, will lie to you, and cheat you, and steal from you, but God will give you a real life and a life of superabundance. But you have to make that decision to come to him, and he will give you a life of superabundance. 
Good morning. My name is Dr. Rich, and God bless you.